0: And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. So if you had chicken over this 4th of July holiday weekend, I hope you're okay. Because uh, Tyson Foods is recalling nearly 8.5 million pounds of chicken products that may be contaminated with listeria. So if you're not feeling too well, that's why. The Food and Safety and Inspection Service, the FSIS, notified in June of two people who were sick with Listerosis, an infection caused by Listeria. So an investigation was launched and they identified three cases of the illness between April and June, and they revealed one person had died. (sighs) So if you have fever, muscle aches, headache, stiff neck, confusion, loss of balance, convulsions, sometimes preceded by you know diarrhea and other gastrointestinal symptoms uh the chicken products that you ate could have caused it they include frozen fully cooked chicken such as Tyson pulled chicken breast Tyson fully cooked diced grilled chicken breast with rib meat Tyson fully cooked char broiled boneless chicken meat for fajitas and my favorite more <laughs> oh man at 8.5 million pounds of chicken from Tyson. Wow. They were distributed across the United States to both retailers and facilities like hospitals, nursing homes, and schools. <sighs> I hope, I hope and pray that you were not one of the people who ate some of the 8.5 million pounds of chicken. From Tyson, but if you have some, you need to either dispose of it or return it wherever you bought it. Now, I would say, just a hint from me, you return it and get your money back. Don't just throw it away and lose the money. No way. But good luck. God bless for those of you having some of the Tyson Foods chicken that has been recalled. It was only 8.5 million pounds. Welcome, welcome to Chewing the Fat. Storm Elsa is on the way. She uh, went across Cuba and is now bearing down on Florida, heading up the west coast of Florida, looking like it's going to make landfall north of Tampa Bay, Uh, but you never know, and it's going to swipe along the entire west coast. Now, it's possible that it continues, you know, it kind of veers left a little and continues farther north and then back east, but... The cone of death has it uh, tracking along the west coast of Florida and making landfall in north of Tampa Bay, and then cutting up across uh, all the way down the you know east coast of the United States of America. So we'll see. I don't know if it will strengthen into a hurricane as it uh, enters the Gulf of Mexico and starts trekking along the west coast of Florida, but the, it's affecting almost the entire state of Florida tomorrow. And Wednesday are going to be tough days for Florida, depending on the strength of the storm and what happens along the coast. So if you're in Florida, uh, I'm sure you're busy uh, you know, putting things away. You probably spent the weekend putting things away and boarding up your windows in, uh, in hopes that you are prepared for this storm. I hope you are. Preparedness is always the best. They're still searching in Surfside for people who you know, were caught in the rubble and died. Right now we have 28 people who they have found in the rubble of the uh, condominium in Surfside, Florida. Another 117 people remain unaccounted for, you know, and they're still searching and they're trying to search while the storm, they're getting gusts of wind and tropical storm gusts. So, you know, those, that search Will be discontinued soon if they haven't discontinued it already because of the storm, and then those people uh, may have to be um, shifted for to help other people who were hurt from the storm. So we'll see what happens after Elsa passes the state of Florida. But I found it interesting that they demolished the second building or the you know the other part of the condominium in Florida. They demolished it this past weekend. Okay, so what happens to all those people? I mean, it's a little weird. I realized that, you know, the building was unsafe, and they were saying that the rubble from the one part of the building was holding up the other part of the building, so they needed to, you know, get rid of that building to go on with the search. But there were still, I saw one story where they were talking about well, this lady had her cat in there and she never got to go back in to get her cat. And the rescue workers actually left milk and water on the balcony, but they never could get the cat out of there and they wouldn't let her go back and get it. And she went before a judge and the judge said no, which I found a little weird. But what about all this stuff? What happens to all of that? What happened? I mean, if I lived in that building, that building is 40 years old. And I know these are questions that are going to be asked, but I mean... If I lived in that building, what about my stuff? I mean, we as Americans, you know, have stuff. And that stuff belongs to us that we paid our hard-earned money for. What happens to that? I mean, it's obviously gone now in the rubble on this building that collapsed because of something we don't know why whether it was a sinkhole whether it was construction issues whether it was maintenance issues we have pretty good uh, a theory and there's a bunch of other theories out there uh conspiracy theories on why this building collapsed but now we went out of our way to collapse the rest of the building and all of this stuff what happens to the money that's owed to the to the banks what happens to the people's living places? Where do they go? What do they do? I'm sure that, uh, you know, their jobs still expect them to show up and do their jobs if they're employed. And if they're not employed, where does a, where does a, uh, let's say you're a, you know, a 70 year old man, who was living in your condominium that you bought 30 years ago in a building that was built 40 years ago. You just paid it off. You're living on a fixed income. You have your furniture paid off and you have your big inch TV screen that you planned on just staying in your condo and watching and going down to the pool every day and then, you know, waiting your time out here on earth in your paid off building, gone. Who pays for all that? What, where does all that go? Are we just putting everybody at zero? I guess I'm. I guess I'm okay with it if we are. But are, are the banks and other credit card companies are they just wiping that off their books? I mean, if I purchased a new furniture set, put it on my charge card, for example, and now it's just gone. Um, why do I still have to pay for it? Am I still responsible for that? You demolished my building by either incompetence on the first part of the building or under safety concerns for the second part of the building. I'm just, I was just amazed. And nobody's talking about it. I haven't heard anybody say anything about it. It's like, yeah, we had to build, we had to down it. We had to destroy it. Uh, Okay. And I'm sorry that all these people, you know, have, we know, I mean, really it's, I believe that it's now just a search mission. The search and rescue is probably over with. I don't think we're finding anyone who is, you know, alive in this rubble now, specifically, uh, you know, particularly after we, you know, demolished the second part of that building. So we are just, you know, in a search mode for the bodies of these people. And it's horrible, just horrible. But what what are we doing with the people that are left over? With their bills, where do they live? I am just I'm just a aghast at what is gonna happen. I mean, I don't want to still pay for something that's not there. If I took out a loan and I'm paying a mortgage on this condo, am I still responsible for that? And now they're saying that multiple Miami area buildings have been evacuated. Oh. Okay. Really? Yeah. There were uh, there was structural damage to the building, and uh, we, we it's not safe. You need to get out. What about everything around? Uh, it's tough. Get out. Uh, oh, okay. So can I go back in? Maybe you know one at a time and get my stuff. Are you going to help me move that stuff? No, we're just going to demolish your building. Oh, okay. So anyway, I'm just, I was, I struggled with that. (laughs) This whole weekend, this 4th of July weekend, uh, you know, we're celebrating independence. I know. And I I love America and I love the USA. And this is a, you know, this is the place to be on the planet. There's no question. But this is a problem and I don't know who fixes it. I don't know who pays for it. I got a pretty good idea who's going to end up paying for it and it's going to be you and me, but. I mean, I guess I'm okay with it. I don't want these people left out in the cold. It's not necessarily their fault. Although the original plan, especially with this building, was put off. The maintenance was put off because they didn't want to, A, either pay or charge the condominium owners and association the extra money that was needed for the upkeep on the building. So someone is kind of responsible for the neglect of the maintenance. I don't know. It's just a, uh, we are in a, it's going to be a long time. To sort this one out. And what do these people do in the meantime? Do we just ship them in FEMA trailers somewhere in Florida? And I don't want to be in a FEMA trailer when the tropical storm or hurricane blows by. Which one is happening right now as we speak throughout the state of Florida. So, okay. I mean, seriously, good luck. God bless. Seriously. Good luck. God bless. You know, one of the other things that I'm doing now and I've been doing for a while is I've been listening to all these these different murder podcasts. And I know a lot of people in my household uh, do not appreciate all the murder podcasts that I'm listening to. <laughs> I know it comes as a surprise. There are, you know, graphic details and I, you know, I love them. So what I do is I put my Raycon wireless earbuds in. I know. I know that way I'm just listening to the graphic details and you can do that too And whatever you listen to your favorite music, your favorite shows, Raycon wireless earbuds is perfect for the time when you want to just listen to something great and you want it to be just you whether you're catching up on your favorite news podcast, you're binging an audiobook, you're powering through a workout, you're you've got your playlist playing or you're listening to you know, Murder podcast. A pair of Raycons in your ears can make all the difference. No dangling wires or stems to get in your way. Raycons come in a range of stylish colors, always with a comfortable in ear fit for a more discreet look. Raycons are built to perform anywhere and anytime with water and sweat resistant construction and Bluetooth that pairs quickly and seamlessly. And with enough battery life for six hours or more of playtime. You can unplug for a while, or actually you can, you know, earbud plug, Raybon wireless earbud plug for quite some time and enjoy what you want to listen to, when you want to listen to it, and it's all yours. The best part, Raycon makes great sound accessible to everyone, half the price of other premium audio brands. Right now, Raycon's offering 15% off all their products to my listeners right now and here's what you got to do to get it. Go to buyraycon.com/jeffy. That's it. You'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order. So, I don't, you know, it's not going to last forever, so I would go there now. Get 15% off your entire Raycon order. Feel free to grab a pair and a spare so everybody can listen to what they want to, when they want to, by themselves. At 15% off at buyraycon.com slash Jeffy. B-U-Y slash Jeffy. Enjoy the sounds of what you want to enjoy all to yourself with Raycon wireless earbuds, go to buyraycon.com slash Jeffy, get your 15% off your entire Raycon order right now. Buyraycon.com slash Jeffy. greater fortune have we in an endless universe of infinite matter and we have been given consciousness to gaze upon it all and understand what greater fortune have we to live in America to stand side by side on the fourth of July to behold this man what greater fortune Yeah, that's right. What greater fortune George Shea with his introduction of Joey Chestnut at the July 4th, Nathan's famous 4th of July international hot dog eating contest. And he's the, I mean, he's the founder of the, uh, major league eating. He, we talked to him here on chewing the fat a year or so ago. He's just a a really fascinating guy, but congratulations are in order. To Joey Chestnut, who once again set a record and won the championship of 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes. He downed 76 franks and buns in 10 minutes. So he's the champion and sets another record. Just incredible. Just incredible. He now holds the top 10 spots all time on the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. He has six straight titles, and this is the 14th of his career. (laughs) And it's gone up. I mean, in 2007, it was 66, and he's been working hard. So in 2021, this year, he breaks it with 76 hot dogs. Wow. And buns in 10 minutes. Just amazing. I mean, the lady, Michelle Lesko, she won... In, uh, for the females, with 30 and three quarters dogs in 10 minutes. And her win, was, she said, was an amazing feeling. <laughs> so anyway, congratulations to Joey Chestnut. He is uh, a champion by any sense. <laughs> I mean, I would love to say that I could be a speed eater competition like that, but I can't. I am a, I am a long distance eater. I know that I'm like the Kenyan of eating, and to eat it, you know, fast like that with the speed eating. Oh man, that's tough. I mean, you're not even really eating; you're just soaking it in water and downing them, just swallowing them whole like that. Wow, Joey Chestnut! Congratulations on another tremendous Fourth of July Nathan's hot dog eating contest <laughs> seventy six dogs and buns in 10 minutes. Wow. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink. Desperately. So good. I see where the Yale School of Drama announced a $150 million donation from David Geffen, you know, Mr. Entertainment Mogul. $150 million. That's going to make tuition free For current and future students. Oh, okay. And it's going to be renamed the David Geffen School of Drama at Yale. (laughs) But heaven forbid, heaven forbid that an actress pay money on the side to get her kid into college. But I'm sure if David, I don't know if David has any children. It's easy enough to find out. I'm sure they could be easy enough. To go to Yale. Okay, so David, I apparently <laughs> he didn't have any children before 2007 when he came out as gay. He just so remember he sold his big Beverly Hills estate for 165 million. So the 150 million to Yale, no problem. He's got a couple of nieces that are uh, you know adults now. I mean, David is 78 now, which is uh, you know he's getting up there. He's worth 10.4. Billion dollars. So what do you think? Maybe you could give Yale, I don't know, a little bit more than $150 million, Dave? <laughs> now I'm pissed. Now I'm pissed he only gave $150 million. <laughs> Did you see also another weird thing, man? Bill Cosby, all right? You know him, you love him. He, uh, you know, was let out of jail. We We covered all that here on Chewing the Fat. But it was reported, you know, that he went to his house in Pennsylvania and they showed his, you know, family around him and lawyers and friends and keepers and handlers and all that. But nobody ever said, hey, here's the wife. Here's Camille. Uh, That's because she wasn't there. Uh, She didn't show up and she didn't come back to the Pennsylvania house when he was freed. Now, I don't know where she was. I don't know if she was in New York City if she was in their home in New York City, if she was in their home in Massachusetts, if she was in their home in California, but she wasn't in Pennsylvania. Now, apparently, she was in Massachusetts because Cosby flew to Massachusetts to be with the wife. Oh, okay, so he went to her in Massachusetts. So he got let out, went to the house in Pennsylvania. She was like, yeah, no, I'm not coming back there. I'm in Massachusetts right now and, uh, you know, Come and see me when you're done with the meet and greet. Okay. All right. No problem. I know they're already floating ideas of him returning to comedy clubs. I doubt that will happen. Will he do some miscellaneous bits here and there? Probably. Does he go to a comedy club? I don't know. As far as I know, the man's having a tough time getting around. You know, they made a big deal about it. he was sleeping when they came and told him he was being let out. Well, yeah, he's in jail. What is he supposed to do? He's 80 some years old, the middle of, you know, hey Bill, wake up, you're free. What? Uh, what are you talking about? Yeah, get up, get yourself squared away, we're letting you out of here today. Oh, okay, well somebody let my wife know. Yeah, she's in Massachusetts, she's not coming. Now you can go back to the house in Pennsylvania, but uh, the wife will catch up with you some other time. Oh, all right, no problem. And we talked about Harry going over to uh, England to unveil Princess Diana, mom's statue with William. We talked about uh, Charlie not being there. I'm sorry, Prince Charles not being there. The dad. Uh, I don't think the queen showed up. They were just unveiling Diana's statue with his brother William. Well, first it was reported that Meghan might come with Archie and leave the baby back here in the States. That didn't happen. Uh, Of course, she wasn't going to come with just one kid. So she, And it was amazing that she let Harry go by himself. She stayed back with the two kids and the nanny or two. And then, so Harry went early cause he had to quarantine thanks to the rules for five days and he did, he got there early. He quarantined for five days, went out to the unveiling and you thought, okay, well, maybe he goes out to lunch, has a little dinner with the brother and the, the grandma. Maybe he sees dad and we hang out and talk a little bit. Nope. Right to the airport and back to Megan. You want to talk about a ball and chain being tight, man. That is it. Woo! Megan was having none of that. Yeah, you can go. I know it's for your mom. It's a beautiful thing. And so, you know, you go and you be with your brother and you unveil your little cute little statue thing and then you come right back home. Uh, She was on the mark, baby. And Harry was right there saying, yes, ma'am. So as of yesterday, Jeff Bezos, no longer the CEO of Amazon. Okay. I don't know what changes. I mean, he founded the company back in 1994. He leaves the position as the richest person in the world, just uh, with $199 billion. (laughs) Wow. He just bought a $500 million super yacht. Oh, we got another story about a super yacht that I've got to tell you about. It looks like fun. Uh, according to this, which I hadn't seen before, Bezos' interest in space dates back to his teenage days when the high school valedictorian told the Miami Herald he wanted to build space hotels, amusement parks, and colonies for two or three million people who would be in orbit. Amazing. Right, I mean that's what he's doing. Incredible if that's true, and so now he's headed to space very soon with uh, Blue Origin, and uh, so we'll see. I know he pledged his uh, you know ten billion dollars to climate focused initiatives through the Bezos Earth Fund. Oh, that's great. And gave two billion to increase access to education and address homelessness through the Bezos Day One Fund. But his philanthropic endeavors have been overshadowed by the ex-wife, because Mackenzie signed that giving pledge where she talked about, you know, giving away all of their fortune before they died. Yeah, Jeff isn't signing that. I love you. That's a cute little thing you and (laughs) Bill and Warren are doing all together, talking about giving away the cash. But uh, yeah, no, Uh, I'm gonna build uh, rocket ships. I got a girlfriend. I got a brother. Uh, No, I'm not giving it all away. It's mine. I got a super yacht to attend to. Uh, Don't worry about it, though. You go ahead and do that cute little thing that you do with your money if you want to give it all away. But the super yacht. So there's a new luxury super yacht being built for $593 million dollars. Looking like uh, you know, I'm guessing it's gonna come in at over six hundred million, but for right now they're saying, Oh no, it's it'll be five hundred and ninety-three million upon completion. Don't you worry about it. Oh. Okay. So now and it's kind of I mean it looks like a, a cruise ship, really. They're calling it a super yacht, but it really <laughs> it's really a cruise ship. <laughs> but you'll be able to buy sweets on the super yacht, so it's like a super yacht condominium, and and it has to be. It's a personal invite. You don't just think you're going to walk up and say, "Hey, I'll take a room," do you? Yeah, no, 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 no. We will invite you. Oh, okay. Well, if I'm invited, how much do I get to spend? Well, it's going to start out at about eleven million dollars a suite. That's it, though. Don't worry about it. it just, uh, I mean, eleven million dollars seems like a small price to pay. Now, I'm sure there's condo fees that you're going to have to work, about, work on. Now investors, I guess you're going to have an opportunity, not just an option, you're gonna have, we're giving you an opportunity, to buy a home on one of six apartment decks, okay? And it's, uh, the features are going to depend on your selections. They can include a personal kitchen, a gym, a library, inside-outside dining spaces, dressing rooms. Full concierge services will be available for both sea and land-based needs. Oh, that's nice. The entire project coming in at $593 million. I bet you it's going to be more than that. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I don't know where they're going to sail, but apparently they're just going to sail all over the world really yeah um you're gonna be you're gonna it's gonna be a truly unique lifestyle at sea handpicked crew and never ending global itinerary with carefully selected destinations and experiences befitting a yacht of this nature oh okay, well, is it gonna where are you gonna go? well, we're gonna go to the Mediterranean and to the South Pacific or Maybe a week in New York or expeditions in Antarctica, but we're going to be out on the sea. So, and I'm sure that if you have, uh, you know, an 11 million dollar dump on the first floor, because you're, you know, the once you get up on the sixth floor, now you're talking about no, you're not allowed up here. This is for the people who spent over 11 million dollars on their condo. Uh, I guess I don't know how many helipads it's going to have, helipads, pads, places where you land the helicopter. But according to the drawing, it looks like you're going to have at least two, uh, two places to land the helicopter. So if you have business to attend to, and let's say you're cruising the Mediterranean, you've got to get off. I mean, we'll just bring in a helicopter and let's face it. If you're spending 11 to 20 million on a condo for this ship, a helicopter is a minor expense for you, but uh, you know, unless you're Jeff Bezos and you're just building your own $500 million yacht. Then it's like, no, I'm not going to be sailing with other Dingleberries. Uh, this is mine. And I have all the amenities I need and all the uh, concierge services I need. If I invite you on my ship, then you can come along. But until then, you can get on the new super yacht Samanino. Samanino. S-O-M. N-I-O, the world's largest super yacht. So, as you were sitting around over the holiday weekend, did you have an opportunity to watch any movies? Because I did. I watched uh, The Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt, and I watched Greenland with, uh, what's his face, Gerard Butler. Now, both films were, they were lacking a little, a little, a little something, but they were fun to watch. I had fun to watch them, especially the Tomorrow War. And I know it, that took a hit. Uh, there were a lot of people that were talking about, uh, oh, I can't believe it's it'll jumping on the future and... You know, I just can't believe it. And the one summarization of the Tomorrow War, aliens have the munchies, humans busy with divorce. <laughs> really funny. One person talked about uh, how the words were being mispronounced. According to this uh, person, James Russister, Uh he watched the Tomorrow War and the woman with the PhD in biotechnology with a focus on genomics. Uh, would be more credible if she had pronounced genomics correctly. It's pronounced genomics, not genomics. (laughs) Maybe that's the way it's pronounced now, okay? This woman was in 2051, okay? So maybe the word changed in pronunciation by the time we got to 2051. Okay, James? I mean, I like the whole idea of it, of the time travel and the, the jumping to the future and then realizing, uh, you know, when they, when they came back, they can't get back. And it was, uh, you know, it was who it belonged to. I could spoil it for you, but just know that they jumped to the future and they just, they barely have figured out how to jump to the future and have the technology and the ability to do it. So there's no jumping back or jumping forward. And when they jump to this particular time, that's where you're at, and you have seven days. And in that seven-day time period, you then you get then you come back. No matter where you're at, as long as you have your wristband on. Well, it's an arm band that they you know put it in you <laughs> that they make part of your body. But as long as you have that on, you're good. I would would be venture to say I would like to. I've seen maybe an arm come back just for fun, you know, just an arm, a, a severed arm with the thing still attached till you see that come back. And that's the only thing, not the soldier, but I digress. But it was a fun ride, and I enjoyed it. And, you know, I did enjoy the what's his face that plays Chris Pratt's father, J.K. Simmons. He played a fun part as Chris Pratt's father, and he's all pumped up. He's doing nothing but working out these days, looking all jacked. And it was a fun ride, so it's worth a watch. Tomorrow War, uh, I think it was on uh, Amazon. And then Greenland. I watched Greenland with Gerard Butler. And Scott Glenn was in that movie. And that movie, wow. They spent 52... I mean, the box office was 52 million. Wait, how much did they spend on this movie? Okay, that explains a lot. They spent 35 million on this movie. And some of the effects were... That's my review of the effects on Greenland. Now, I like Gerard Butler... But uh, this particular character was, uh, well, it was okay. I mean, it's Gerard Butler, so you know what you're going to get. And he, there was a couple of really big, you know, great scenes uh, with him that makes it a Gerard Butler movie. Uh, the premise of the movie is that uh, asteroids are hitting the Earth, and the Earth is wiped out. And it opens up with, you know, their landing, and uh, they, you see Tampa get knocked out. And then you start seeing other places around the country getting knocked out. And then they realize that they've got to get to, say it with me, Greenland. And that's the struggle. And that's what they do. Now, that said, they've got a sick kid that they're dealing with. And the kid can't get on the evacuation. And he, of course, is on the list because he's a structural engineer. Huh. So, um, anyway, it was it was fun. But, no, well, not as fun as the Tomorrow War. And there were several times in the movie I thought, well, that doesn't look real. And it's very, it's very, that's disheartening. But knowing that they spent $35 million on it, only $35 million on it, that does, you know, make it um, the reason why some of these scenes were like, well, that doesn't really look real. Yeah, that's because they didn't have the money for it. So I kind of like the premise and the idea of it. Um, other than that... Uh, uh, that's on... Uh, where? What is Greenland on? I don't know what I watch Greenland on. Amazon or HBO. No, the Tomorrow War. Greenland is on HBO, I think. And the Tomorrow War is on Amazon. So there you have it. Those are two big shows I watched this weekend. Both, uh, you know, worth a ride. But Tomorrow War, for sure, more than Greenland. And, uh, you know, if you like Gerard Butler... And, uh, you know, you'll like Greenland just because of him, but you know, we'll see. Another movie that's out now is Zola. Now, I don't know if you know who Zola is or what Zola is, but it's a fascinating story. And it's all about these tweets that this Zola, this Asia King Zola, R moon tweeted out back like five or six years ago. And she had this long thread of tweets about a story that she told on Twitter. And it's, uh, it starts out, the first tweet is, okay, listen up. This story long. So I met this white bitch at Hooters. I was her waitress. She came in with this old ass, big ass black dude. That was tweet one. <laughs> so you get an idea of what the following, I don't know how many tweets there were. Uh, a lot. And I read them all. And then I heard my son sent me a reading of the tweets from this one YouTube channel, which was tremendous. I mean, not as good as my read could be. And it was really good. Uh, it was a really fun read and fun to listen to. So anyway, the movie is out. And it's got uh, some pretty big stars in it. Coleman Domingo, you know him from, uh, you know, Fear the Walking Dead and uh it's got some other actresses in there and it's really funny it takes place from detroit to tampa and it's about stripping and dancing and fighting i i want to read you every tweet i really do i want to read you every tweet i read you the first one it gives you the idea and it says so you know as a hooters girl we have to talk to our customers so I sit with them and we get to talking and she tells me she dances. So I'm like, yes, bitch, me too. Then she tells me this Hulk and black man is her sugar daddy. And I'm like, oh yes, bitch. My SD at home. I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> man, it is awesome. Now it sounds real until you get to a certain point. All right. There's a certain point in the story in the tweet thread where you go uh no i don't think so i don't believe that's real but she says it's real she claims it's real all right if you if, if you say so then it's real all right you got it i will say that it seems like the movie changed some of the names up so i maybe they didn't get the rights to these other people that were mentioned in the tweet but I mean, the one guy, according to the tweets, ends up in prison. So I mean, what's he going to say? No. Anyway, they changed the names, but it, it'll be fun to see if they follow exactly what happened down the thread. And I'm sure there's going to be, you know, some liberty taking with around the tweets of what happened. But it. <laughs> I, I must see this movie. I must see this movie. And if you haven't read the tweets, just find the three the tweet thread, Zola from Asia King. And uh, I you know I may tweet it out just for fun. And it's a big guy thread, man. It's no doubt about that. It's a big guy thread, but well worth reading. and it's well worth listening to the uh, read with the audio narration. Really good and uh, really funny. And so it's worth it, you know, it's worth it to get, (laughs) get this story. It does make me want to see the movie. I don't know that it's going to be good, but it would be, it's going to be fun because stories come from anywhere, right? You just come up with the storyline and they come from anywhere. And this storyline happens to be from a tweet thread. Well, welcome to 2021. She tweeted this out in 2015. We've done a screenplay and we've made it into a movie. Okay. Welcome to 2021. And it's kind of fun. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. So did you see where a Pablo Picasso painting sold for $150,000, which seems, uh, you know, a little cheap, but it was in a closet in Maine for 50 years, right? It's a 16 by 16 which is and the painting is really cool and i would like to actually have it (laughs) the electrical so it's in this closet and it was belonged to this guy's aunt and grandmother or great aunt and she was a professor of english history and rutgers and lived in new york city and she collected all these rare books and art and you know just threw them in the closet i guess and then it was later, the house was inherited by this person's father. And now it's inherited by him. And there's these several paintings that were dumped in a closet. Just a Picasso thrown in the closet. Yeah, I don't want that thing. I wasn't ever impressed with Pablo, you know, so whatever. So it's 150000 uh, up at auction. And it has uh, 120 days to authenticate the painting with the Claude Picasso administration, which is managed by the artist's. Son, now a Pablo Picasso found in a closet, hundred and fifty thousand dollars winning bid. Now you're going to tell me that's worth only worth one hundred and fifty thousand, but you're going to now want me to believe that Hunter Biden's paintings are worth half a million? No, thank you. I don't buy it. Now I love the fact that there were there's these all kinds of critics now are just ripping his artwork apart, and one critic. And i know critics critics are just like me we just criticize but he was really he really took hunter to task over the artwork and the, the last part of the story is he goes uh, other celebrities who are not artists by trade have successfully created and sold paintings sylvester stallone has also displayed paintings in the galleries and a much better painter than an actor The Beatles' Paul McCartney and the Rolling Stones' Ronnie Wood create paintings that are objectively terrible. I don't begrudge Hunter or Sir Paul or Ronnie Wood for having an audience for their work or whatever odd little shows or publications they've appeared in. Good for them, I guess, and good for Mr. Biden. Everyone should be pushing brushes around, and if someone wants to pay you half a million for the results, cash the check. I mean, he just tears them apart. And at the end, he's like, eh, if somebody wants to pay you 500000 for it, go ahead, take it. But that's worth Hunter Biden, worth half a million. A Pablo Picasso worth 150000 No, thank you. Uh, no, thank you. I don't believe it. Also, uh, Andrew Cuomo's daughter, uh, she has declared herself a... Uh, demisexual. I know you thought to yourself, wait, I thought she was bi. Yeah, I uh, me too. But no, she's a demisexual. Uh, D E M I sexual S E X U A L. Uh, the demisexual people only feel sexually attracted to someone when they have an emotional bond. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. She goes on to say, when I was in elementary school, I feared that I was a lesbian. Why would you fear that? When I was in middle school, I came out to my family and close friends as bisexual. When I was in high school, I discovered pansexuality and thought, that's the flag for me. And I've recently learned about demisexuality. And I believe that that identity resonates with me most. So I have finally figured out I'm not a lesbian. I'm not a bisexual. I'm not a pansexual. I'm a demisexual. And that's where I'm at. And I'm excited about it. (laughs) She goes on to say that she always dreamed of a world in which nobody will have to come out because everybody's sexuality will be assumed fluid. But in a world that force feeds cisgender heterosexuality, coming out of the closet is a lifelong process of unpacking internalized social constructions and stigmas. Is it? Is it? Because I don't think so. I think we're already in a world where nobody has to come out because we don't care. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you're a lesbian. I don't care if you're a bisexual. I don't care if you're a pansexual. I don't care if you're a demisexual. Just do you, okay? (laughs) You do you, boo. All right? That's okay. It's a, I believe we're already there. We have, we have, we have come. Your dream has come true, Michaela Kennedy Cuomo, twenty three. Your dream has come true. Nobody was gonna have to come out anymore, because we're already there. We've assumed your sexuality is fluid. So congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, you have a dream that has come true. Man, that is that is nice. And I'm I'm so happy, happy, happy for you. I mean that with every ounce of little being in me. I see where Britney Spears, too, speaking of uh, pansexual, hemisexual, cisgender, lesbian. Anyway, her manager has now quit. So apparently he's saying, I quit. And the reports are that Britney is giving up music. We'll see what happens. I mean, there were more reports, just horrible reports about her and her father and how he masterminded uh, his daughter's life after she was taken to the psychiatric ward for mental health evaluations in 2008. The mom who has since divorced the dad said that she thought it was just going to be for a few months. And now it's been, what, 13 years or so. And there's one story in here. It says, uh, ba- where she was in the hospital and, and the dad said, baby. And according to the story, I thought he was going to say, we love you, but you need help. No, a longtime family friend said that he said, uh, baby, you're fat. Daddy's going to get you on a diet and a trainer and you're going to get back in shape. <laughs> That's not even funny. That's not even funny. And yet I'm laughing because how bad is this guy with his own daughter? I mean, it talks about him hollering at her and the mother and calling them all kinds of huge bad names, calling her a terrible mother and a whore. I mean, holy cow, if that's true, if that's true, it is an embarrassment. That she does not have the rights over her own stuff. I don't care if she is loony as a jaybird. (laughs) Is it loony as a jaybird? It's naked as a jaybird. Loony as a... Sure. I don't care if she's loony as a loony bird. Uh, It doesn't matter. It's her money. If she wants to throw it in the backyard and start a bonfire and burn it, go ahead. It's her money. I think we talked about this. I don't know. I just, I remember not long. I just saw a video of some rapper that they were saying what a great guy he was and that he was throwing his money into the river off of a yacht and everybody thought, oh, it's so cool. He's just making it rain money on the fish. Yeah, but Britney can't do that. Britney has to, she's fat and going to go on a diet from her dad. Okay. All right. No problem. Well, that's fine. Fine with me. You go ahead, but it's not right. All right, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, it's been a great uh, it's been a great day on Chewing the Fat. Thank you for listening, and be sure to email me, Chewing the Fat at If you have any comments, you can always follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR and uh, Facebook and Instagram is Jeff Fisher Radio, and so is Parlor if that's around. And I just signed up. I did finally get through to the new Getter, so I don't know that it's going to be worth anything, but I'm out there anyway. But um, here's a guess for you, all right? I want you to tell me a guess in your head how much this house is, all right? So Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner have a house for sale in Encino in L.A. It's a 15,000-square-foot home, all right? It's almost, It's on an acre of land, almost an acre of land. It's got nine beds, nine-and-a-half baths, okay? It's got a glass wall in the family room that opens to the backyard, it's got a twinkling donut chandelier in the master bedroom, a kitchen island with precisely, you know, it, the story says a million seats. It's not a million seats, but it's a lot. In fact, I got to look at the picture now. Okay, so the kitchen bar has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven along uh, one side. And then you've got the kitchen table, which has two, four, six, eight, ten seats. And then you have the actual dining room table, which has 3, 4, 5, 10, 11, 12. So, you've got plenty of seating in the uh, Joe Jonas, Sophie Turner house throughout the dining areas. And then you've got plenty of seating in the family rooms and other entertaining rooms. Well, how, much you, how much you pay for it? How much you give them for it? No, don't, pre- don't joke around and tell me, you know, $18. Oh, Just think in your head, how much would you pay for that house? All right, fifteen thousand square feet, almost an acre, in L.A. Encino neighborhood, nine bedrooms, nine and a half baths, uh, big backyard. We talked about the the dining areas, master bedroom. Uh, how much? How much are you putting down for that? Huh? I, well, I'll tell you tomorrow. No, I'll tell you right now. Sixteen point seven five million dollars. That's what they're asking for it. I'll get you into it today. Fifteen million cash, guaranteed. Well, maybe not guaranteed, but I'm sure if you walked up to that house right now and said, Hey, Sophie, Joe, how you doing? Listen, uh, all I have right now is 13 million cash. Can I get into this place? I bet you Sophie and Joe are in the car backing out of the driveway with the wheelbarrow full of cash in the trunk. <laughs>